Beards for Radio. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Beards for Radio podcast. I'm Joe. And I'm Sasha. And we got trailers, we got uh, TV lists, we got the Pistons, but we're going to start this one off with a little season preview for the Michigan State Spartans and the Michigan Wolverines. Yes. College basketball, man. We're a little under two weeks away now from tip-off. And uh, I, to me, college basketball is my favorite sport. You know, Michigan State basketball has always been my favorite athletic team. And I know uh, you have a similar feeling as I do. Yes. Um, so, yeah, um, I'll start off with Michigan State. Um, it was announced that they were the preseason number one team in America first time in school history that Michigan State was number one in the AP preseason poll but on the same day that that was announced Tom Izzo uh, lets us know that Josh Langford is out uh, still being bothered by the foot injury and he's going to be reevaluated in January to me doesn't sound very likely that Langford is going to play this year and that's just such a huge blow to him. Like I, I can't even like think of like the effects it's going to have on the team, but we'll get into that. I just feel terrible for Langford, just knowing how he came back from last year's injury to right. try to fight, you know, try to fight back and play his senior year. And, you know, best case scenario, you know, hopefully he'll be ready to go for March Madness, but that's, that seems like best case scenario, but, you know, it's the usual Tom Izzo schedule. They play, they they start the season with the number one versus number two matchup in Madison Square Garden against the Wildcats. Uh, they're going to be on the road at Seton Hall. They play Duke, um, and then there's another f- uh, factor in Joey Hauser, a transfer from Marquette, that they're trying to get eligible to play right away. They think he could be a big difference maker at the four spot. So. That's kind of my opening statement on Michigan State basketball. I'm so excited to watch them. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I mean, with with with, with the state of the state of Michigan sports right now, I mean, like, you know, our our, our four sports teams, our two football uh, college teams, Michigan State, Michigan. I mean, this is like a God sent welcome. You know what I'm saying? Like to see definitely. actual like good sports in the state of Michigan, and is those been at pretty much on the top of the pedestal as the best, I don't know, you can say it, sports coach. You combine them all, he's the best coach in sports for Michigan State right now. I'm really glad that Jermon Howard's um, in. I, I'm really excited to see what he brings to the table. But like like you said, you have Langford's out, you know, till January. Um, You know, the guy that I was looking forward to, Franz Wagner's most little brother, you know, just broke his wrist in, in practice. He'll be out right. Four to six weeks, and but then I look at it, and it's a four to six weeks from the day he broke it. It'll literally be if it's six weeks on the dot. It'll literally be December third. He comes back, and that's when we play Louisville, and um, that's the first you know ranked nationally ranked team that we kind of come across. Um, we start off with Appalachian State, Creighton, which Creighton it'll be hit or miss. You know what I'm saying? Because Creighton's one of those teams that are just. You know the, those those mid major teams that just pop up out of nowhere sometimes. Yeah, um, they, they play Elon, um, Houston Baptist, Iowa State, which you know could give them problems too. But I really don't see them really 
you know, hitting competition until they hit Louisville um, on December 3rd. I'm hoping Franz Wagner comes back then. And um, at that point, it, what else all, else worries me is how you going to get them acclimated into the, you know, yeah. into the starting lineup when you have, all, you know, these starters that are starting above him. But, but you know, I see we have Xavier Simpson and John Tessie coming back, uh, starters that are seniors. And other than that, I, you know, I see maybe, you know, who's starting. There's uh, them two and Livers, you know, so you got yourself – you know, we got our guard, we got our center, we got our, you know, small forward in play. You know, I don't see anybody coming in, you know, that's going to, I don't know, impact the game to me, in my opinion, like Wagner would. You know, you, we, we got David DeJulius, you know, Adrian Nunez, but uh, uh, Eli Brooks, if you want to call it that. But I don't think any of those guys can br- come in and bring impact right away like Franz will would be doing he's been playing pro overseas you know that's you know yeah me is a head over these guys have been playing uh college ball over here and then when Tusky sits down who's gonna back him up uh, austin davis you know hey, I, I think it'll Cast- be Col- colin castleton would be my guess he kind of right. got some more playing time towards the end last year right but um, and, and then you got jaron jaron falls you know those are our all our big men, can any of them impact the game like Tess can? You know what I'm saying? And sometimes I feel, I don't think Tess really impacts the game all that much. So I'm really kind of wondering where our bigs are going to be at uh, come uh, beginning of the season. When Franz comes back, I can see, you know, our one, twos, and threes kind of being okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, all in all, I think this team needs a lot of work. And I think um, Jawan Howard's up for the task. I don't expect – um, let me see. I don't expect the same expect expectations I had last year. Um, right. I think it's a big curve. I think, um, you know, he, he he's he's doing good in his recruiting pool. We just got that uh, five star Isaiah kid. Hopefully he comes next year. It doesn't flip on us. You know what I'm saying? So I think I'm going to I'm, I'm giving Juwan Howard time. I think it's just I, I think it's right to give him time. Um, I'm not expecting a lot out of him this year, but like I said, I'm excited for the season. I'm excited to see what he does. I'm excited to see a lot of these young guys. We have over half our team are are freshmen and sophomores, so I, I really want to see where they, you know, they go at the moment. Yeah, and for Michigan State, it's kind of a question about how much do you want to win those early games? How badly do you feel like you need to beat Kentucky and Duke? Because I think that's going to dictate how much Cassius Winston plays, not just how many minutes he plays, but how intensely he performs. Um, Cause that's, that's a preseason player of the year as well. You know, right. uh, as Tom Izzo put it, he's the straw that stirs the drink and uh, he's not one of those plastic straws. He's one of those metal straws that you can use over and over again, you know, but yeah, not, towards, not the kind <laughs> that kills the t- tortoises. Right. But towards the end of last year, you could see him breaking down a lot and that's where, Langford was going to be big was that was somebody Michigan State could go to late in the shot clock to create a shot for himself and get a bucket now Michigan State they've got a lot of very talented young multi-positional players so it's not the biggest thing in the world to lose Josh Langford for a couple months it it mainly is going to hurt them on defense I think but a lot's going to fall on the shoulders of kids like Aaron Henry, Rocket Watts, Gabe Brown, and uh, potentially Malik Hall playing multiple positions. Um, you, you got Xavier you know. Simpson's comeback, correct? 
Xavier Tillman. Tillman. Yeah, my bad. Xavier, Xavier yeah. Simpson. That's, that's my, yeah, Tillman's <laughs> coming back. So it's like you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're two, you're, your two leaders in that team are, you know, are going to be Cassius and Xavier. You know what I'm saying? Most definitely. And then Aaron Henry is kind of like the wild card. He right. took a lot of good steps in March last year and kind of looks like Jarrett Culver at Texas Tech at the end of his freshman season. So if he can take a similar jump like Jarrett Culver took, like he could be a big difference maker. And I, I really like Michigan State's uh, position down low right now. You brought up Xavier Tillman. He's he's just improved so much. He's drawing Draymond Green comparisons. He's He looks a lot more fit than Draymond Green looked at this point in his career. No offense to Draymond, but – Right. Tillman just looks fit and he's so mature. You know, he's got a family. He's got his second kid on the way. Uh, he's, he's like an inspiring dude, you know. And at the four, they've really got a lot of young, variable talents. The coaches really like Thomas Kithier. He's not the most athletic guy, but he's got a good head on his shoulders. Like, he knows exactly his role. Dennis Rodman with the bad boys. He, he doesn't need to score – 12 14 points a game to make his mark like he's gonna find his way to do it and then there's Marcus Bingham who he's like he's I believe he's 6'10 and he can shoot it like and he might be the best shooter on the team behind Gabe Brown so there's a lot of talent there and then like I said Joey Hauser is kind of the unknown he's a transfer from Marquette this year it's not likely that the NCAA is going to approve him to play right away. But I've, I've watched a lot of tape on his freshman season at Marquette. You know, he played with Marcus Howard. He played with his brother. Um, I forget his brother's name, but he's at Virginia now. And he is that stretch four type of player who isn't just like an outside shooter. He's got the size to hang with the Big Ten bodies down low. So right. if Joey Hauser is eligible to play, it really makes a big difference for Michigan State, especially with the news about Josh Langford. But I'm so excited. Um, I couldn't believe that this was the first time they were preseason number one. Like, not even Magic Johnson's team was number one. I believe they were, like, number six or seven preseason. Uh, Michigan State, yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, that's weird. Uh, it's, but... it's, it's crazy that I'm coming out. This is the first time, you know. They, they've Michigan State's been a powerhouse, you know, college, you know, in the basketball for how long? I can't believe, you know, this 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 kind of thing by surprise. You know, I don't, you know, know the history too much when it comes to like, right. you know, the preseason APs. You have to go back and you know do some research and some homework. And on obviously, it. obviously, preseason rankings really don't hold any weight whatsoever. Tom Izzo likes to mention like the only team to really go wire to wire as the number one team was that Carolina team that beat him in the 09 championship game. Right. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I, I get it, but it's just it's crazy that they're number one, you know, and rightfully so. I think I think a lot of people sleep on this state, man, when it comes to uh you know you know uh sport wise. Yeah. And you know so, sometimes like this year, yeah, you can sleep on our football teams for sure. But don't ever sleep on state. Don't ever sleep on Michigan State when it comes to uh when it comes to basketball, man. I mean, you know, especially in March, you know you know, it goes January, February, you know, Izzo, you know, so. Right. I think so Tom Izzo would prefer to be, like, somewhere in the uh, 
between eight and thirteen preseason. You know, this is new territory for him, which is this, which is saying something because this is what his twenty fifth year coaching Michigan State, I believe, is thirty second right. as a coach overall. Um, but I, I don't think they get the number one preseason ranking if everybody knows the news about Lankford. I still think they're probably like three or four somewhere in that range. Yeah, um, that's kind of that's kind of true too because you know you have one of your studs go out, maybe they do drop them a little bit. Right. Um <clears throat> but Izzo likes to say he doesn't think this team is gonna get fat and sassy. They're gonna have to prove themselves right out of the gate. And that's what I love about his scheduling, you know. They're not opening against Binghamton or like Central Michigan State. or Appalachian State. <laughs> right, right. Right out of the gate, they're playing Kentucky, who is annually one of the most talented teams in the country. And that's the way to do it. You know, throw your team into the fire and figure out what you need to figure out. Last year when Michigan State played Kansas and they gave up a huge run right before halftime and they were losing, I think it was like by 15 at halftime to Kansas, who was number one at the time. But they showed some fight and they dug deep and they ended up losing by only five. But they had some chances at the end of the game to, you know, solidify themselves. That kind of set the tone of like, how scrappy and how tight-knit that group was going to be. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And you know what? Sometimes I notice that when you have a harder schedule to begin with, man, I'm, I mean, well, on the flip side, if you have a, like a, like, like kind of like a, I don't want to say easy schedule, but a, a lot easier than, it, than Michigan State. A little bit softer, yeah. Yeah, a little softer. Like, I don't like that. I'd rather start <laughs> off, I, I hate have, I'd rather have, a easier schedule on a back end, you know what I'm saying? Because like yeah. you said, it's like, it's like a trial by fire. It's like, you know, you're, go, you, you're going into this, man. It's just like you're playing stud after stud after stud, dude. If you guys can get through this, man, you guys can do anything, you know? And so it's, it's like – It's just not like college football where you have to, you know, if you lose more than one game, you have no shot at the playoff. Like, Right. It's all about how you gel towards the end of the season. And obviously I want them to beat Kentucky. I really want to beat Duke. But it's not the end of the world if they do lose that opener to Kentucky. It might actually be a good thing because it can teach them a lot more. Right. And, like, I, I would rather have – I would rather be playing Kentucky and Duke in the beginning than playing, like, Appalachian State and uh, uh, Elon or, you know, Houston Baptist University Huskies. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, so then when they do come to play uh, Louisville, are they going to be comfortable because they rolled all these teams? I mean, it's it's like, it's like it's, it's almost like I'm watching Michigan football. I hope it doesn't end like that. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and yeah. I'm putting it all on – Maybe Jawan Howard's going to change this culture up a little bit. But it's just like Michigan. They have the easy, you know, they roll all the easy guys in the beginning, and when they hit Wisconsin, boy, they, they run into a brick wall. When they hit Penn State, they run into a brick wall. You know what I'm saying? So I would rather – I would rather have it kind of like how you guys have it, Kentucky Duke, you know, play those harder teams first and trial by fire, man. You know what I'm saying? And just earn your stripes from the get. You know, yeah. so yeah, I, 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 you know, I like, I, I like those kind of schedules a lot better than just having those whole um little softer schedules. And Michigan's gonna have a good stretch in December and late November. Uh, that game against Iowa State is gonna be played in the Bahamas. That's part of a tournament. Uh, I believe North Carolina is part of that field as well. So they might end up playing North Carolina, and then they're at Louisville, and then you got your two December Big Ten games against Iowa and then at Illinois, and I really like what Illinois has coming back. Um, 
they got that Bashanish Vili kid at, uh, at the center who was a freshman last year and that uh, Io Desunmu at the one. And then Michigan comes back and they host Oregon three days later. And Oregon might be a sneaky good team, but that's, that's going to be an interesting stretch to keep an eye on for Michigan, especially if that's when uh, Mo Wagner or Franz Wagner is getting uh, worked back into the lineup. Right, right. That most definitely. Yeah, I think what Juwan Howard has done so far, you know, he's kind of done almost as much as he as you could ask of somebody to be put in that situation. You know, it was late May when he got the job, and he didn't really lose any kids to transfer. Like, you know, they, they lost Jalen Wilson to Kansas, but, you know, when, it, when a kid's recruited by a coaching staff and then that coaching staff leaves, that, that happens every offseason, you know. Um, oh, yeah, most definitely. To uh, secure the commitment from Zeb Jackson and then, you know, get the commitment from Isaiah Todd and get the commitment from Wagner – and uh, keep Saudi Washington on staff, you know, I think he's done basically everything he could do in a positive way up to this point. The question is, what kind of coach is he going to be? What are, what are his offensive and defensive strategies going to be? Because he hasn't really had to be the head man before. You know, it's one thing to be an assistant NBA coach. So I think for Michigan, it's kind of fortunate that they open with an Appalachian State and, you know, their early test is against Creighton and then Elon and Houston Baptist before getting into the teeth of their schedule. Because right, they, right. they got quite a few kinks to work out. No, absolutely. And that's why I'm not holding them in, in, in such high standard this year. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I, I, I'll give any coach, any coach has come in three, uh, maybe four years. But I want to see, you know, something – between years, one or two, two to three, three to four, I want to see, you know, oh, okay, they started off this. They're 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 incrementally moving up every single year, and and, and the culture is being changed every single year. That's all you can ask for a coach. So that's all I'm really looking forward to seeing the way Jawan Howard coaches his team. I really really see how he goes forward with this culture. You know what I'm saying because Beeline left a pretty damn good foundation. You know what I'm saying? I, I think I think ever since Fisher probably been our best coach, you know what I'm saying? And that's because Fisher won the championship. Other than that, I think I think uh, uh is a better coach. You know, you know, give him a championship, you know, he leaps and bounds above Fisher, but what are you gonna do? He didn't get it. We got there, we got close, didn't get it, but he left a good foundation, left a good culture. So I hope Jawan Howard carries that but also boosts it to the next level. So that's what I'm really looking for, man. I'm not expecting too much out of my Wolverines this year. I just want to see kids develop and I want to see them get better as you know, the time goes on. And for Michigan State, um, it's going to be hard to match what last year's team did, not from a productivity standpoint, but from how fun they were to watch. Last year's Michigan State basketball team was one of the – that was one of the most fun seasons I've had watching Michigan State basketball, which is saying a lot because in my lifetime, they've never missed the tournament, and they've had a lot of damn good teams throughout my life. So – for that team that right, maybe right. had a little bit of a talent deficiency last year and had to deal with a lot of injuries, just the chemistry they had and the way they played, that was extremely special to watch. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, this team might be better. They might put up more results and have a little bit more talent, but are they going to have that it factor that last year's squad had? And 
that's going to be kind of like something you might not figure out until you get into the Big Ten schedule in January and you're facing teams like Michigan and Wisconsin, you know, these teams that know you as well as you know yourself. But yeah, right. I, have, I have so Most many definitely. good memories about last year's team, but I'm excited to see Rocket Watts play. Uh, first of all, because the name Rocket Watts is one of the most fun names to say in college basketball. <laughs> and uh, secondly, I've I've had my eye on this guy as a Michigan State basketball recruit for a long time. And last year when he announced he was coming to Michigan State, I flipped out. I was so excited. And now he's going to see the court. He's going to have a bit of an opportunity with Langford missing a lot of time. And Kyle Ahrens also maybe not being full go for the first few games. He's going to have to step it up and kind of get thrown into the fire kind of the way Gary Harris did his freshman year. So I'm really excited to see that. And, and look how it worked right. out for Gary Harris. He's one of the NBA players. So, and I, I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm working on that class one, man. Gary Harris was Denzel Valentine. Now, he didn't start that game right away like Gary Harris had to. But, you know, he came in a couple minutes and did some nice things. I remember watching Denzel Valentine's first game at Michigan State. It was the same – he was the same year as Gary Harris. So, you know, um, obviously we knew Gary Harris was going to be starting. And then, like, when Denzel Valentine came in, I remember texting my brother. I mean, like, dude, this Denzel kid, he can pass the ball like nobody's business. And I think Michigan State has a couple of those freshmen, too. Uh, Malik Hall is somebody I've, I've got my eye on in terms of, like, I think he'll be a four-year player. But, yeah, Rocket Watts, he'll be that type of player that might be starting from day one. And, you know, and then for Michigan, I just wanna I wanna see Teske be more physical. And I wanna yeah. you know, sometimes I felt I felt like, you know, Beeline said, Hey man, you're open, take those shots. I felt like he was kind of looking for the shots rather than having all of a sudden be open and having the game come to him. I wanna see him be more aggressive and not look for the shots. I wanna see Xavier Simpson, not <laughs> Tillman, Simpson actually develop a jump shot. Son, you know, I, I can't have your go-to shot be a, a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar running hook from, uh, from side to side in the paint. Can't have that. I need to, need to see a little more from you. And Isaiah Livers, I want him to take a little – I want him to take better shots and take more care of the ball. Make I want to see his IQ sprout. And then, of course, I want to see uh, what Franz can do. So that's what I'm really looking forward to. And, of course, like I said, I want to see Jawan Howard, how he's going to coach, how he's going to change the culture. How's he gonna actually keep the culture and, yeah. and elevate it? So that's what I'm really looking forward to. But I'm I'm so looking forward to uh, uh, college basketball this year, man. After what we've been going through for football, oh, I'm so so ready, bro. So, so, so ready. And it's only under two weeks away now. And Howard has said, you know, he doesn't really want Teske shooting those three pointers. He wants him uh, finessing his game as a true center. So you're already kind of seeing a right. little bit of a shift. You know, um, in terms of like strategy from Beeline, because what John Beeline was going to do was put five players out on the court who could shoot the three at any given time. Um, right. Which, you know, maybe Howard does want that. He's just not tipping his hand quite yet. Um, we've seen already a difference in philosophy in terms of recruiting from Howard and Beeline. I think that's something interesting to see. Yeah, I think, I think Howard. 
uh, with these young cats that he's recruiting, he's going to be able to, uh, you know, I don't know, kind of, I don't know, the yeah. kids kind of can relate well, to him more. You know what I'm saying? I mean, look, he's, he's played with the best. He's been in the NBA. You know, he was one of, one of the top, you know, college starting fives to be ever remembered in the Fab Five. I mean, they're, they're going to be remembered for a long time, whether they yeah. won or not. You know what I'm saying? So I think the kids can relate with him. I, th- I think kids can say, hey, listen, man, coach has been successful on every single level of this game. You know what I'm saying? So I hope kids really take that into consideration as well when, you know, they're thinking about coming to schools or getting coached by and Juwan. it's funny because, um, you know, Beeline's first one-and-done player was one of his last recruits, Iggy Brasdakis. And Howard's first one-and-done player might be his first true recruit, which is Isaiah Todd. Oh. So it's funny to right. see that, that difference. But, yeah, the game I'm most looking forward to for Michigan State before the Big Ten season is Duke coming to the Breslin Center. If you know anything about Duke basketball, you know, they love to feast on people at home and on neutral court games. They rarely ever travel when they don't have to. So the fact that they're coming – to East Lansing and Michigan State might be the favorite in that game. And Duke has a little bit of a revenge factor on Michigan State for once. This is going to be kind of like a roller versus right. game in so many ways because Michigan State has played at Duke like three or four times since the last time Duke came to East Lansing. And, man, I'm just so excited. I'm so excited to watch Cassius Winston play. If he can even do 75% of what he did last year, it's going to be a hell of a season. Right. And the good, good thing is, too, is when it comes to uh, Langford, too, when it comes to, you know, him coming back in January, getting rebelled in January, Michigan and Michigan State don't meet until, what, January and February 15th and uh, yeah. 3rd, I think, or 15th and uh, February January, 8th, something January like that. 5th so it's like February 8th, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, I mean, we got a while till yeah. we see our teams go at it. So we're going to see a lot of our teams before they actually kind of go head to head, which is kind of exciting like too. Year where they didn't play until the last weekend of February. And then they played three times in three weeks. Oh. Right. Exactly. So hopefully this is, uh, both of these teams go into those January and February games, 100% healthy. You know, uh, uh, uh Lynx is back. Uh, uh, my bad. Langford's back. So is Fran. So I want to. I, I want to see that. I want to see them both going in 100 percent healthy. I think that'd be that would be, be ideal. Cool. And that'd be a funny uh, photo opportunity between Izzo, who is like one of the shortest people in sports, and Jawan Howard, who played center in the NBA for 20 years. <laughs> Such a right, right. But yeah, I don't think there's too much more to say. I'm just excited to get it underway. I love basketball season. Absolutely. And speaking of basketball season, we have another team in this great state of Michigan, the Detroit Pistons. New look, new coach, new points, uh, point guard, new looking Andre Drummond and uh, Luke Kennard. I mean, they played tonight. They beat uh, uh, the uh, Pacers tonight, I think, 115 to 109, if I'm not yep, mistaken. 119. Yeah, to 110. one. No, 119 to 110. Okay. Yeah, so Andre had. 32 points, 23 rebounds. Wow. Four blocks, even a bigger wow, and three steals. I've been waiting for Andre Drummond to be 
a a rim protector. I've been waiting for him to be that guy that when when somebody goes up, he's ready to uh, to just knock it off the backboard. Yeah, and he was doing that today. And now, and now, I mean, how's this for his first game? His stat from the free throw line: eight for ten. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's great, dude. And like he wasn't like, and he wasn't like bully blocking small dudes. He was blocking Miles Turner. Yeah. He was blocking his other dude that he's defending, the other the other big man on the team. So I was really impressed with the way he looked today. I can't believe Kennard went six for nine, 30 points, you know. And then, and then, boy, I'll tell you right now, sit down, Reggie, put Rose in, 18 points, nine assists, three rebounds. I'll take that for my point guard any single day of the week. And I know it's the Pacers, and the, and the Pacers and the Pistons kind of remind mm-hmm. me of each other. But you know it's a, it's a pretty damn good start, and I hope it's um I hope this uh they they, they keep rising. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Blake's gone for five five games. Hopefully they 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 win these five games. We get Blake back, and like I said, we could creep as an A seed. You know I'm saying I think we're right there. Like I said, we're you know sixth, seventh, eighth. If not, we're looking yeah. in. You know I know. So this is the first game of the season. I didn't catch most of it until the fourth quarter, but I noticed Reggie. Uh, had like a brace on his torso. Um, no, I didn't notice that. But I kind of like D Rose in that come off the bench role. Like uh, pl- he'll he'll play more minutes and he'll finish the game. But he'll kind of be that boost off the bench. I when you have a player that can do that, that makes a big difference. And then yeah, Kennard was probably the most impressive. Like every time they needed a bucket, they kind of went to Kennard and he delivered going six for nine from three-point land. He was also eight for 10 from the free throw line and um, a career high for him going, putting 30 down. If if he's turned the corner and he's kind of like mentally blocked the, uh, the Donovan Mitchell comparisons that will inevitably follow him for the rest of his career. If he just turns the corner and I'm, I mean, I don't think we can expect this every game, but if he can just be confident every game, it makes a big difference. Yeah, most definitely. I think, and he, even even the the little stuff like he did, like um, he took Miles Turner off the dribble, and he had him beat. Most guys probably took it to the rack. He did a little step back to the corner and shot a J towards the end of the right. game. It's little, little stuff James like Harden that. Stuff. Little stuff like that. Little James Harden. It was little stuff like that. Like you know that you have this big man beat, but this big man most likely is gonna get you on the chase block and get you off and pin you somehow. You know what I'm saying? Because he's longer, he can cover more ground. He probably, he knew that, so he stepped out, shot it. I like that. I like the the, the quick decision makings when it comes to it. Hopefully, like you said, he's turned a corner. But there's little stuff like that I noticed from players too. So, yeah, and uh, you know, we'll we'll keep you guys updated on the Pistons as the season goes forward. But you know, tonight, first game of the season, they pull out a win on the road against a, a divisional opponent. Um, yeah, the Pacers were missing Oladipo and quite a few other players, but you know the Pistons were uh, missing Blake Griffin, obviously. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And if Reggie's a little hurt, which you know me, I'm not too high on Reggie to begin with, but you know we had our lumps too, so it was good to see them match out a win. You know, I, I hope they, I hope they use it as a fuel for their fight. Yeah. Take it away. So uh, one way to get nerds to watch football is to have a special 
trailer premiere on Monday Night Football because, you know, ESPN and Disney, they go hand in hand. They work together. And this week, we got the final trailer for Star Wars Episode Nine. Yeah. Um, one word, emotional. Yeah. You know, I'm saying you're talking about 40, 40 plus years coming down to this. Coming down right to this, man. And then there, there, there's so much stuff like uh, like I'm seeing like that water scene, you know, where they're actually on water and there's that g- glacier looking or iceberg looking planet in the background. You know what I'm saying? It's something new to me is just seeing like an ocean world kind of, you know, you know, we're not used to seeing them fight on the ocean. It's always been amongst the stars in the sky. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Maybe on some beaches. But, like, seeing that water scene is kind of intriguing because I don't, I don't remember, like, a big water ship scene and, like, and, and, and Kylo walking through the mist and all of you, you just see his, uh, you see his uh, lightsaber is the first thing you see. And then, and then you see them fighting and then you see them knocking down, I don't know, a statue or something together. And then you see, and you hear Palpatine's voice with no throne, you know, with nobody sitting in the throne. And, and then you hear someone's voice telling him that, you know, the Force will always be with you, always be Dude, it's like, I'm, I don't know what to expect. I have no clue. But I know it's going to be one emotional roller coaster for Star Wars fans. Man. Yeah, and there were kind of like different um, narrators, I thought. Like, I don't know. I, I think it was Finn narrating at the beginning of this trailer. And then at the end, I kind of think it, it's clearly Luke saying the Force will be with you. But what if it's time? Yeah, the next voice did not sound like Luke's voice. Like, it could be somebody else. I think it's Han, because Han, Han, they're saying Han's supposed to be her her father. You know what I'm saying? That's what they're, you know, rumor mill and I read. So, like, it wouldn't surprise me, you know what I'm saying? If if Han comes back somehow or some way. Or, I, that's just, that's just, that's just nine-year-old Sash wanting Han Solo <laughs> come back. So, <laughs> But yeah, it's just like I don't know what to take from it. It was it was edited enough where you you had questions and you didn't have questions. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you had this is one of those trailers where you have to watch the movie. You're not going to get really nothing from the trailer. Yeah, I don't know what's coming with this one. I'm excited. Um, you know, it looks like we're going to see Ray and Kylo fighting side by side again, which is weird like they they have such a weird relationship that you don't know if one's going good or if one's going bad or if they're just doing like a total role reversal but yeah right. you know. and then you got and then you got kylo saying i know who you are you know i know what you are i know you you know so it's like dude like spill the beans kylo we want to know too old <laughs> boy so i think it's i think it's i think it's everybody's ready man i think I got to buy my tickets, you know, in the next week or so. I really do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm excited. And, like, I think that was, like, a statue of Darth Vader that they were uh, teaming up and breaking down. Because it didn't look like a person the way it, it kind of, like, broke apart when the lightsa- lightsabers hit it. Like, right. and it kind of looked like yeah, there no, was a mask right. on top. And if you notice, look at it too. It, to me, it looks like Kylo Ren's helmet doesn't fit him. So is it Kylo that that they're doing it with, or is like you know I'm saying he looks awkward? Which it looks a little bit different. With uh, 
he looks a little different. He looks awkward. He doesn't look like Kylo Ren, you know what I'm saying? Like, he looks like almost like he's the same height as, uh, you know, Ray at that point. I don't know. I could be wrong, but it just looked weird the way he swung through that statue. It just got me to question it. I, I kind of rewind and look at that. It doesn't really look like him, but, you know, he's he's in all he's in an all, all his Kylo Ren getup, so yeah, I could be wrong, but. And he's the one I'm most excited to see. I want to see how his storyline c- completes more than anybody else's. Uh, I guess Finn, too. Like, Finn's exciting to see. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we, we really don't know where this is going. You know, we had the line from 3PO saying he's taking one last look at his friends. And, man. Oh, dude, that was so emotional for especially me, bro. When, when considering he said that, the actor yeah. who uh, – played r2d2 passed away this this last summer right you know so it's like he didn't get to see you know the whole culmination from 77 until now you know what i'm saying it's kind of a bummer i hope i hope he got to know the whole story and everything before he did you know pass because you know i'm sure he was privy to what was going on you know everything that was going on i'm sure lucas knowing that if he was on his deathbed to let him know how it ended. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so, man. we'll see. Also, how, how do droids age? Because they've been, 3PO and R2, they've been around from the very beginning. So I wonder, like, if they age like people or if they just, like, need to be recharged every now and then. <laughs> but Oh, well, you know, when, um, what's-his-face, Oscar Isaac, uh, I always forget his... Uh, BB-8? Um, no, no, no. The, the, his actual oh, character uh, in... Poe Dameron. Poe, yeah. So when he's like, uh, yeah, Steve, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think that they can always be upgraded, you know what I'm saying? Because you can always replace, you know, a mega chip yeah. or, you know, you know, a motherboard inside of a computer. You can't, you, you can't replace someone's brain and heart. You know what I'm saying? So I think they can always be upgraded and, you know, the new install, you know, you know, maybe, maybe C-3PO is running Windows Vista and they just upgraded it into, like, Windows 10. True. You know what I'm saying? You know? <laughs> right. You know, maybe, maybe it's like that in the Lucas, you know, Star Wars world. You never know, but I, I assume them being robots and them being machinery, that they can always be upgraded. Yeah. And um, this kind of plays into, as well, the list of shows and everything coming to the Disney Plus streaming channel. Uh, We swear we're not getting paid by them to like advertise on our podcast. Um, But if they want, if they want to uh, send us some money our way, you know, that's cool with us. Oh yeah. We will not argue. We're just, we're just Disney kids. We grew up with Disney. You know, I think Disney is, is, has touched everybody. You know, who's grown up in our era, man, with, with the movies, you know, from, you know, the early Snow Whites to, uh, uh, I don't know, Lion King yeah. to the Disney Pixar, you know, uh, Toy Story. Even, even I, like, a, no, like I The Reluctant my, Dragon or like movies like that. Classics. Right. And like, I took my I took my kids to go see Toy Story. Don't think for one second I took them to go see Toy Story for them. <laughs> I know you did a little bit. You know, I went for myself, too. 
there was a little bit of selfishness when it came to that, dude. I had to go see them myself, too. So. I'm, I'm going through the list right now. I found a, a list on IGN that lists all the movies and TV shows in chronological order. I didn't realize that the Muppets were Disney. So all of the Muppet yeah, movies are going to be on this streaming channel. Yeah, I, I, I think they started off, obviously, as Jim Henson. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I think um, uh, they must have acquired them, just like Disney acquires everybody. Oh, man, they got the you know 1994 Spider-Man series. Yes, dude. They have a, there's so much stuff, dude. Like, I have a feeling you can sit there and watch Disney Plus from the time it releases in November and, and watch it a month straight until 2020, and there'll still be stuff to see. There'll still be stuff to watch. I mean, there's, there's full – they have full series – that they're bringing back. I mean, like Boy Meets World. If you want to watch Boy Meets World, <laughs> if you're a Boy Meets World fan back in the day, dude, every single Boy Meets World is going to be on there. I mean, not just like your Disney shows, not just your cartoons, but you're talking about like shows that people grew up watching on Disney as well. You know what I'm saying? Their, their whole vault is going to be open for you. And Disney acquires a lot of stuff. You know, a side note too is they're talking about wanting to acquire Activision and Blizzard video games. <laughs> yeah. So, so, dude, they're everywhere, man. But, um, yeah, the, the, that list of what's going to end up being on there, on that vault that you'd be open up to, man, it's just, it's worth the $7 a month. It's absolutely worth the $7 a There's month. There's just, like, a lot of movies on this list and a lot of, like, series that I just kind of, like, forgot about. And when you see the name, you're like, oh, man, like, that's going to be on there, you know? Um, and then, obviously, you know, the entire MCU uh you know, it's going to be easier for people to, like, keep track now. Right. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, like, I mean, you have everything from Marvel to Star Wars. I mean, like like we were saying before, you have you even have, like, the Lego Star Wars movies, like Yoda's Lego. Like, that, that stuff, I'm, I'm going to be on the watching it. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to be on the watching all that stuff, man. So, you know, the Clone Wars movie the cartoon series is on there. That has, like, over, like, 100 and some episodes. So people are going to be busy on this. My whole thing is I hope the servers don't crash. Yeah, I'm, I might like have to wait a month or so to let them figure out anything so I don't end up wasting any money. Like um, While we were recording this episode, I tried to log into YouTube TV to watch our Nuggets play, um, and it just like wasn't letting me sign in. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to watch the Nuggets, man. But I don't know. I'll have to figure that right. out. YouTube TV, if you're listening, uh, fix this because uh I'm, i just i just paid my bill for them like last night so it shouldn't be messing up on me now i'm kind of heated about this right right <laughs> you know how it is technology right and i'm 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 really excited to all the star wars talk i'm really excited to Jan, uh john favreau's mandalorian you know what i'm saying yeah so- the original content that's gonna be from there as well that's exciting I'm really excited. And another thing is that I read that Bill Burr, one of my favorite comedians, I watched that show F is for Family on Netflix. Hilarious. Um, he is um, he's gonna he has a role in the Mandalorian, and it's kind of funny because I remember a few of his uh, uh, a few of his stand-ups and his jokes. He makes fun of uh, people like in Star Wars, but <laughs> that's that's all comedy. Right. But um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And the other thing I'm looking forward to is um, the Marvel shows that are coming out but we're not going to really see them till uh 2020 i think the first one comes out in fall of 2020 that's gonna be the falcon and the winter soldier shows you know and then after that everything is 2021 all and then miss marvel show moon knight show she hulk 
movies or shows, they're all to be determined. So, you know, we're going to we're not going to see too much of Marvel in the beginning, you know, like live action, you know, show wise. Yeah. But there, there's going to be a lot of there's going to be all the MCUs. There's going to be all the Marvel movies that they acquired through Fox um, as well. So I, I'm I think I think we're going to get enough of Marvel to, to hold us over until about this time next year when they do release the Falcon and Winter Soldier and then keep on doing the, you know, the series. So, yeah, I think this has a lot to offer. I think. Um, a, a lot of streaming services are going to take huge, huge hits. I think Disney is just going to come guns blazing. And the biggest thing that I would like to see, I, I want to see the Marvel Netflix shows get a reprisal either through Disney Plus or Hulu. So, yeah. That's not a bad idea. But, yeah, we'll see. And, um, I know we kind of jam-packed this episode, but you got any preview for uh, the Michigan-Notre Dame game this weekend? Um, the Michigan football game against Notre Dame? Are you kidding me? I told you I've given up on Harbaugh. I've given up on Michigan. It's it's it, Ever since Jim Harbaugh has been here, to me, it's been India or bust. And uh, uh, we, we got stopped to go to India again this year, so it's a bust. So you know what, man? I'll, 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 I'll watch Saturdays, but I'm not going to – Totally give my whole Saturdays uh, to the Michigan Wolverines. That's you know what I'm saying. Uh, I'll check it once in a while. I have my phone. I can stream it. Like last week, I took the kids to the Apple Orchard, looked in on the uh, the game once in a while. But I had I, I had memories. I took with my kids to the Apple Orchard. My kids had fun. That to me is more important than watching uh, Michigan Wolverines. Uh, but, almost win and then I have to hear khakis talk about how heroic Patterson played and how they're just about to hit their stride halfway through the season when their stride is going to lead them nowhere to but a I don't know uh uh, uh Arizona Arnold Palmer uh <laughs> ball game so I you know I'm done with them they're gonna get steamrolled by Notre Dame they're gonna get steamrolled by Ohio State and it's probably gonna be a close Michigan State game yeah, I think we're in the same boat here uh, in terms of our teams, but it's all right. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's just football. It's nothing important like basketball or anything like that. So. Right. Absolutely. You know, and then <laughs> and, and then if, and if our teams lose in the tournament, we're probably talking about yeah, the football is almost around the corner. You yeah. know, so. that's the circle. A circle of life. Absolutely. State of Michigan. You know, I think Detroit sports right now are freaking deplorable. Um, it, it's just something for us to look forward to with this uh, U of M Michigan State basketball. Man, I'm I'm looking forward to watching it. Like I said, um, I, I'm looking for Michigan State to roll this year. I'm looking for Michigan to actually kind of, you know, just to get their balance. Yeah, you know, find, find themselves. You know, like me, a diehard Michigan State fan. I hate Michigan football with a passion, almost as much as I hate the Patriots. But Michigan basketball. I've almost kept, had kind of like a soft spot for. Maybe that was because I had just had so much respect for John Beeline. But I really do appreciate it a lot more when both Michigan and Michigan State basketball are at the top of their games. And just as a fan of college basketball and somebody who doesn't dislike Michigan basketball, that's a team that I'm like, that I've got I've got a lot of their games like penciled in on my schedule because I want to see how they develop, what develops. 
I, I don't right. know what Howard's strategy is. I don't know what kind of coach he is. And I don't know – like, even if even if John Beeline was the coach this year, it might be the same way because they did lose Jordan Poole and Iggy Brasdikis and uh, Charles Matthews. So it was already a good storyline team to, like, watch because I love teams that have a lot of moving parts and are kind of like project teams, just seeing how they – develop throughout the season and then you add in the right. new coaching factor like i'm gonna be watching a lot of their games and depending on how the the fan base of michigan is like i probably won't be cheering against them too often right yeah absolutely and i think i think the biggest thing that like as a michigan fan always just leaves a bad taste in my mouth is how pretentious uh my fan base can be you know what i'm saying it's like you you, you say one bad thing about you know, Harbaugh, everyone jumps on your throat and really actuality, it's just like, go read. Right. Go read the stats. Go read the numbers, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you what the numbers are telling me, right? You can go look at the numbers yourself and, and, and make your own deductions, dude. Right. True. I think that's the biggest thing about Michigan state, my bad, Michigan fans is that they can be very, very pretentious. They've kind of been humbled in basketball. You know what I'm saying? Ever since the whole Fab Five and a scandal and everything, they've been humbled from that. So it's like you can almost separate Michigan basketball and Michigan football fan bases. That's, that's true. You know what I'm saying? But so, Michigan State fans can be the same way. Like, right now there's a little bit of a divide in the fan base in terms of where we stand on D'Antonio. Me personally, like, I know he's not going to get fired, but I would like him to – step down very soon if not this offseason then coach one more year and then you know take take a step away because he's kind of he did such a good job building up this program and he's a legend at Michigan State he's the best coach we've ever had but it's turning into a, a bad product on the field and he's he's a very stubborn man which got him to a lot of places but it's also kind of being his downfall. So I would like him to right. try to scrape together like one last run this year and next and then retire with grace. Don't don't put Michigan State in a position where they feel like they have to fire you. But uh, but there are some fans who are just like, you know, look at how much Mark D'Antonio has done for us and where we were when he came here. And you, how can you say anything bad about us? Like, dude, I love Mark D'Antonio, but he's kind of bringing us back to where John L. Smith and Bobby Williams had it. And I don't want to go back to that. Right. Right. No, no. And I, and I feel you, man. And, 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 and I'm just waiting to get back to that spot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To, 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 to get, to feel that, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like he, at, at least Dan Tony can walk away and say, Hey, I gave you guys, oh, he, you know, a run in the playoffs. I gave you guys a Rose Bowl championship. He took, you know, he took when, Michigan when, state football to places I did not think possible that a lot of people did not think were possible when he took that job and mo- and mostly on a de- on a de- on his defense too yeah which is very hard to do very very hard to do in this this new landscape of um college football but i do think you're right i think this new landscape of college football is kind of passing him up you know and he has to uh get out of that he- he's like he's like harbaugh harbaugh's in that uh one run pass punt one run pass punt one run pass punt it's just like bro this was the same shit I bitched about, you know, when I was young, when I was playing, uh, when I was, I was a wide receiver, when I was young, saying, hey, can we throw more? You know, yeah. 
Yeah, that was that was in the nineties when one run pass punt was all all the rage. You know what I'm saying? Now college football is just it's 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 RPOs, it's spreading the field, speeding space. Harbaugh doesn't fucking do, doesn't do, but that's what he wants to do. So I think uh, uh, the new age football is passing our coaches up, man. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. I want to see Harbaugh step down yeah. this year. He needs to. I don't know. People have – you know, D'Antonio comes from that coaching tree of Saban and Tressel and Belichick, who – he has a lot of similar coaching principles, but he doesn't get the type of players that Bill Belichick gets. And he doesn't, he doesn't get to pl- coach the same quarterback for 20 years like Bill Belichick gets to. I'm sorry. Nick Saban gets those types of players that Mark D'Antonio can't get. Exactly. exactly. But, you know – on, our, on one of our next episodes, we'll probably get to some more Michigan-Michigan State football stuff since this is a big weekend of games. But, you know, we like to we like to mix it up on this one a little bit. Yes, absolutely, man. And, um, you know, we're probably going to be talking a lot more basketball. But, yeah, most definitely we got we to gotta, we gotta finish up the football season first. And as, as painful as it is and as much as it pains us to talk about it, um, we're gonna, and we're gonna give our takes on it. And a, a, a lot of pretentious Michigan State and Michigan fans aren't gonna like it, but it's the truth. It's the truth, and it, it just, it, it, it's, it, it comes a time for everybody. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, look at Bobby Knight. He's done great for Indiana, and then he threw two chairs and got rough with players, and he had yeah. to go. And that's just, that's, you know, what I'm saying it's just your your time will always come. Is it gonna come like Harbaugh? You know. Or is it to come to D'Antonio's? Is it to come like Bobby Knight? But and I'll actually, I just want to see them step away and 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 be good with the uh, with the colleges and the programs that they've ran. You know what I'm saying? I don't want no, right. no ill feelings for these guys. Just want them to move on, have a happy life. God bless them. But I think it's the, the end of the road for those for for uh, for Mark and Jim. And uh, we'll see where it progresses from there. But. For now, I think that does it for this edition of the Beers for Radio podcast. Uh, brought to you by Farbar. Make sure you go to far-ebar.com to browse some new products and get you something fancy to wear. Nice and fancy. Yeah, and I'm Sasha. I'm Joe. Thank you for listening. And in my native tongue, this is Beers for Radio. We say, brothers, the radio. <laughs> I like it. All right, man. Take like-